Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Event Tech Podcast. He is the obviously Will Curran of Endless Events. And he is the strict Brant Kruger of Event Technology Consulting. Woohoo! All right, so we're fresh off of uh, a long road show. Um, to, you know, as we were recording this, uh, we had a lot of fun over at IMAX. I know that 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 uh, Event Tech podcast has already dropped. Um, we'll get this one into the queue, but that's why my voice is a little rough. Is I definitely <laughs> got a case of convention crud uh, after after the after the last week in Vegas, and so it's not true what they say. It's not true that whatever <laughs> happens in Vegas stays in Vegas when it comes to germs. So just that's keep so that true. in mind, people. I think that's wise advice for all of us that you just need to keep that in mind. Should have named you the coffee Brant Kruger. Yes, the coffee, the the horse Brant Kruger, the rough voiced Brant Kruger. So sorry if my dulcet tones aren't quite up to muster on this particular episode, but um, I, I think we'll muddle through. And I think it, it's a good one today because we've spent some time, Will, you and I, um, talking about our favorite apps and a lot of our favorite software. I mean, we went deep into into our favorite apps and software and uh, Chrome extensions and all the things uh, that event profs can use to get stuff done, either in their businesses or for their events. And so I kind of wanted to do the same thing. I've got a feeling <laughs> my voice is definitely doing the uh, uh, Bobby Brady uh, as we're doing. Hey, everybody. Okay. It's time for change. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to do the same thing for uh, hardware. You know, you and I have both taken kind of hardware journeys uh, over the course of the last couple of years and really, you know, kind of honed in and tried to figure out exactly which hardware was going to be the best for us. Um, so I thought it was worth, do, you know, taking a moment, going through hardware and talking about the pros and cons of all the various different types of hardware that's available for us to use as event professionals. So we're talking iOS versus Android. We're talking Mac versus Windows. We're talking form factor, whether it's a two-in-one, you know, flip back, uh, you know, laptop or a desktop or all of these things. Um, I thought it was worth just kind of expanding on both of our little journeys and then the pros and cons of each one of these things. I love it. I love it. I think there's so much to talk about and I'm just like, my mind's racing about all the different pieces of hardware that we can talk about because you and I not only have found specific pieces of hardware, like you said, that we've really come into our own, but also, yeah, like things that we love, like for example, headphones, I think is something cool to talk about as well since they, you know, we listen to a lot of podcasts. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you listen to a lot of podcasts, um, uh, but also music but also we do a lot of calls and things like that. I think we're, we're just going to be so much to talk about. But I think we should uh, uh, if really quickly talk a little bit about our journeys into where we are for our computers. So, Brant, you have gone through a massive <laughs> journey over the last like year, two I years. Uh, uh, far since, uh, too much money on hardware. But the good news is computers. that there's a great market for selling things used <laughs> these days, You know, whether it's <laughs> Craigslist or things like that. So when I first went on my own um, you know, a little over five years ago, I was still doing a lot of video editing. Um, that was that was a, a good a goodly chunk of my job when I left my old company, and so I kind of had this idea that that was going to be part of what I was doing. So the first thing I went out and bought was a MacBook Pro. You know, I knew I was going to be on the road. I knew that they had enough. You know, uh, enough. Uh, 
uh, enough memory, enough hardware behind it, enough chip uh, chip strength, as it were, um, to uh, to be able to do basic video editing with a little bit of uh, you know basic. Uh, you know, you want to do titles and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so that's where I kind of started was, was at the MacBook pro, um, very soon, uh, after, uh, after that happened is when, uh, I started playing around with, uh, iPads. And so, you know, I had one at, at work and I was like, boy, you know, I just missed that thing. It's so convenient for, you know, just doing basic, uh, content consumption stuff, right. You know, you want to be able to uh, watch a movie, all those kinds of things. And, um, so, so kind of where I wanted to start with this is, is that's where I started in my journey, right? Was, is, was iPads were like, I want to lean back and watch Netflix. Um, MacBook pros were for, you know, I've, I, I'm, it was literally the pro version of the device, right? It was, it was a high end. I mean, I think the thing was 2,500 bucks for, you know, a not even high, you know, fully specced out MacBook pro, Mm. um, now, over the course of the time that I've been doing that, and I, and I think that's one of the things that we're going to emphasize repeatedly uh, over, over the, this episode is that it really depends on what you're doing, right? It depends on what you For need sure. this hardware to do. Um, if you are doing video editing and you are wanting to very quickly, you know, drop a bunch of videos here and add some titles and all that kind of stuff, the MacBook Bro, MacBook Bro, <laughs> I love that. The MacBook Bro, the, the bro, dude, bro, 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 MacBook Bro, um, was, uh, was, was really where it was at. You needed that kind of horsepower in order to be able to do that on the fly in a laptop form. Uh, prior to that, you needed a desktop in order to be able to do it. But for, you know, the quick and easy junk that we do, you know, on site, you know, a MacBook Pro uh, is, 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 is really basic and, and easy enough to do. But here's what's amazing to me is, sure. is over the course, just over the course of that five years, that landscape has already changed dramatically to the point where Same pretty much all the entry level MacBooks, um, whether it's the MacBook Air, the MacBook, uh, the MacBook nothing, you know, where there's just just the MacBook, uh, the MacBook Pro, all of the all of these <laughs> things. Um, are pretty capable at handling basic video editing. Uh, you know, cutting cutting a couple cameras things together, lining it up, maybe doing a cross dissolve, all that kind of stuff. So what I discovered was, is I didn't need that beastly MacBook Pro. Um, I was able actually to rock back to a MacBook Nothing. Um, so it's the MacBook Nothing of, uh, I believe, the 2017 vintage is the last time they actually revved that. Um, although I'm starting to get a tingle in the back of my head that actually in this most recent Mac announcement, uh, I think they might have revved that finally. Um, but either way, uh, I'm still running on yes. a 2017 MacBook Nothing. Um, there's no touch bar, uh, that little weird touch thing that's on the top of the, uh, uh, you know, top of the keyboard. And I love it. It's light. It's, you know, you can slice meat. It's so thin. Um, and, and it actually still does basic video editing. It's my day-to-day, everyday laptop. Um, and it's so much lighter than the MacBook Pro that I was lugging around. <laughs> now, the downside is connectivity, right? The downside of it is it literally has two ports. It has a single USB 3. That's the newer, you know, roundy edge. Doesn't matter if it's up right side up or right side down uh, port. And a, and, a, and a combination headphone input output jack. Um, so I'm in dongle hell 
Um, I have, that is the downside. It, it is great what it makes up for in, um, uh, you know, light being lightweight and easy to grab and throw in the bag uh, is fantastic. But I have to then make sure, you know, okay, if I'm speaking, I need to make sure I've got my VGA dongle. I've got my, um, you know, HDMI dongle. Now I've been able to overcome that. Um, and Lindsay and I talked about this on our travel episode. I do have the one dongle to rule them all, which has, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a brick, but it's got a single single uh, USB-C uh, output on it. And then it's got an HDMI and a VGA. And, uh, it, you know, it's got a couple of regular USB ports on it. Um, you know, it's got basically everything that you need in one, uh, one dongle output, uh, including the ability to charge it while, you know, charge your laptop while it's plugged in. So that's, yeah, go ahead. Speaking of, I was gonna say, speaking of like dongle hell and how we've kind of gotten to this point, I had a, a quick fire, uh, a pro tip, uh, as, as we go along, uh, check out, uh, link it in the description, but there's a product called the peak designs tech pouch. Um, I know you've seen, I busted it out a couple of times and asked me what the hell is that, but it's, it comes a really good organization tool for managing all those dongles and little things. And I, I we definitely are in this day and age where there's a li- you have all these little things you have to bring here, headphone adapter, um, you know, your char- all your charging cables, your little mini hard drives, things like that. The tech pouch becomes a great way to organize that. And only <laughs> it's funny how we kind of shift things from, you know, it used to be it was all built into the laptop. And now that the laptops have gotten skinnier and thinner. Now we need to bring an extra bag of dongles and, and things like that. It's like, well, yeah, okay. I kind of saved some things there, but then I didn't. But I, I get it though. I get it because, you know, Definitely. usually when you're on the plane or whatever, you know, you just want to bring out just the laptop. So you don't need to bring this, that, and the other, and that, and the other, and that, and the other. So that, you know, that stuff can at least live in your bag. So as far as, you know, if, if you're a Mac person um, and, uh, you know, and that's the world that you live in, that's really where I personally have settled is that nice, that MacBook Air. It's not even the Air. It's, it's just it's the MacBook nothing of 2017 still runs plenty fast. They're, they're you know, they're blowing them out super cheap all the time. Um, so and would probably get you through at least another you know couple of years. You know, if you've got the money and you want to go higher than that, of course, you always can. But that's it for me. It's been a great size. It's super lightweight. And uh, I've been very happy with it. And I've been done some crazy uh, all over the place. Stuff. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this episode. Um, is that you started as a full on Mac guy. You had the MacBook Pro. You were all in. And then over the course of like, I want to it felt like it felt like a month, but I know it was a little bit longer than that. You went from like, <laughs> I sold the MacBook. I got them. And so I want you to tell a little bit of that story Ooh, of yeah. how you, because you, like I said, you were full on Mac and now you are completely the opposite. Totally. And if, if it's okay, can I take everyone down history lane back to like my first Absolutely. computers and stuff like that? I don't think it's published anywhere. So I, I thought it was a pretty interesting story to tell. So I've been really into computers growing up. Obviously, I don't think uh, we didn't have a Mac in the household, um, mainly because they were expensive. So we had PCs um, and my first computer ever that was mine was actually I think I was like you know 12 and it was something I was asking for for years and years and years and it became like my Christmas uh, birthday for the next like six years of my life kind of gift you know oh the combination Christmas birthday that's when you know it's expensive exactly exactly and um you're gonna it's gonna really I'm not I don't know if it dates me and so probably everyone's gonna be like wow will you really go for it because I can always top it 30 um all right here we go so my first computer ever was a gateway desktop Made in the fields of South Dakota. (laughs) And uh, I just remember like, you know, doing so much research on computers. And at the time, you know, this is before I could build my own computer. And that was like, that was mind blowing the idea of building your own computer. Um, And uh, yeah, I remember uh, looking it up and I wanted it primarily for video editing, but I wanted to do some gaming. 
And I remember my parents actually, I think, I, I won't say they're lucky. They were so nice to gift this to me, but I definitely, I could have chose like the most high end one. I think they were willing to pay for that, but I was like, oh, I don't really need that much power. And they're probably like, thank God he's not getting the most top of the line <laughs> thing as well. But I remember going in the store to buy this computer, the gateway Dang. store, and they were playing the original Battlefield, like 1982 or whatever. Ver the first Battlefield game was on there. And that was like mind-blowingly great graphics, you know. But yeah, I remember that was my first computer. I had that for uh, many years. Uh, it stayed in my bedroom. And that was when I really got into like, you know, I was in the internet and doing those things. But like when I could lock myself in the room and just like not do homework and just do be on the computer, I did so much stuff and just got really, really into computers. Um Eventually, uh, I realized that I needed a laptop. Um, if I needed, I wanted one. I, and I think it was my freshman year of high school. I, I think no, but right before that, my sister gave me her old like Windows laptop that had like a Celeron processor. And then I got my own personal laptop, which was the Dell. 700M, I think was the name of the model. And it was so small. I think it was like 10 inch screen, you know, probably weighed as much as my desktop computer does now, you know, and it's crazy how light laptops are, um, but it was so small. And that was my computer that really got me. That was when I started doing, you know, quote unquote business, right? I had the internet radio station. I turned into a DJ. I used that laptop to DJ for a many, many years. And I, I'm, we always oogled and augured at, uh, at the Macs because they were so pretty, but they were expensive. I think like the Dell at the time was like thousand dollar laptop in a MacBook normal macbook was like you know 1500 and i just couldn't justify it whatever it was um and so um i used that dell for many a years um i think it was until my senior year of high school so probably four years gosh man i get like a new computer like every year and i can imagine having a computer for four years now and i the dell laptop i was on a dj gig and it went kaputs like mid gig or it was like the day before gig and I was like, well, I have a gig the next day and I got I got to do this. And I, for the first time ever, I personally think I maybe I bought the deal with my own money. But I remember personally going and saying to my dad, like literally, was like, I remember I got home from school. And I said, Dad, um, I have a gig tomorrow and um, my laptop went kibbutz. I got to get a new laptop. I'm going to go buy a Mac. And I remember going down to the Chandler Fashion Mall. And going to the Apple store for the first time ever and buying my first Mac. And it felt like such an achievement that paid for it with my own money and everything like that. And it was white and it was glorious. And this is when they were super duper thick, you know, um, <laughs> but it was like a beautiful laptop. And I was so excited. And that's when I was like, wow, like Macs still work very underground then, I think. Um, you know, this is 2008-ish, maybe 2007, 2008. Oh, for a, yeah, for a long time, they were like the underdogs, the like, oh, only the really super like creative people had Macs. For sure. Definitely, definitely. And it made sense for me because I was doing DJing and doing like video production, way more video production. I think I was making YouTube videos at the time and then like it just made sense. And I remember that laptop was a glorious. I remember every software just ran so fast, but obviously I probably, in hindsight, it was four, you know, my old laptop probably was four years old. So probably that's one reason why I felt slow. But at that, at that point, I became a Mac user. I was blown away. I thought they were so great. And I used that white MacBook for, let's see, that was freshman year of high school. Sophomore year of high school, I we won the Edson Student Entrepreneur Initiative grant at ASU. And we started doing video DJing. So I needed a laptop that could do video um, as well. So I went and got a MacBook Pro. And I think it was like the middle range. I think that $2,400 model that you were talking about. Um, and this is the one that had all the ports before the touch bar. And this is one that black keyboards, you know, I think it still had a CD drive 
or maybe they just gotten rid of the CD drive, one of the two. Um, yeah, it was close. I don't think mine had one. Yeah. Think, and, and it was, I think they only did like one generation there in the middle between Touchy Bar and all that kind of stuff where they had no CD drive. Okay. So maybe that was, so maybe it was right that still had a CD drive then at that point. Um, and I got that MacBook, and that was when I was like, wow, he slapped. I, I made so many video edits on that. I, I DJed, you know, the Fiesta Block Party, 100,000 people with that laptop. Um, you know, it was a powerhouse laptop. And um, tank. Yeah. Those, were, those were tanks. They oh were absolutely gosh. amazing laptops. Absolutely amazing laptops. I used that for many years. I think I probably used it for probably, again, four or five years without um, – any issues at all. And what's interesting enough too is um, through this process, um, I'll talk about my phone journey. Well, I guess it doesn't really relate. We'll get to the phone journey. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, save it. We're, 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 we're still in laptop land. Yeah. So um, went to MacBook and then used MacBooks. And I just, and I remember, I think very, very shortly afterwards, that laptop, um, like I think, yeah, four or five years we used it, but I needed a separate laptop because I need more power. I think I went to get for the 15 inch MacBook Pro. Um, and that's when they were super thin right before the the uh, the touch bar a couple of years, maybe before the touch bar. Um, and then I remember the touch bar announcement. I remember I was in Vegas doing a show um, with Andrew Langdell and we watched the announcement and we were like, wow, this is going to be so fast, so amazing. And I remember I pre-ordered it in the airport the second it went live. Like I, that, that was the first time I was just like, nope, don't even going to wow. look at reviews. I know it's going to be great. It's the next generation of MacBook pro. And that's when I, I think I made my mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I, at that point, again, like I had iPhones, I, um, you know, uh, had iPads I, and I had iPods growing up. I was huge Apple fan. However, at this time too, I was Android user on a phone and people thought that was weird, but we can talk about that journey later. Um, but you know, I remember I bought that laptop and I used it and I remember I just had these really weird issues I never had before with an Apple laptop. Um, and that's probably a, a full conversation, but I just started seeing all these weird things with it. And I was like, okay, whatever, maybe it's first generation, whatever it's, but then I noticed the next one came out, people were having the same issues. And there was just a lot of things piling on that I didn't ever have with Apple products before. Um, and I think this might be the first time I've seen this on recording. Um, but like, I just, mm -hmm. I fell out of love with Apple and I just couldn't support the company for what they were doing. And, you know, I draw, it was like a, $3,500. I think I got the top, top of the line, 15 inch MacBook with like dedicated graphics, everything like that. And I was expecting to be the best laptop I ever had and was going to get so much done. And it was probably the worst laptop I ever had. Um, and had so many issues with it and I just couldn't support them anymore. So, um, actually this is about when we were doing the show over in uh, Orlando together, um, that I think I still had the MacBook. Oh no. Cause it was right before the show in Orlando. I got, I got to um, interrupt for just one second because yeah, you're right at the moment. Yeah, do, I know do, do, where do, you're do. going, but I, I right at this moment in time, um, I had started to think about getting a new laptop. And so, you know, and, and what, what you were, but the story you were about to tell was actually what moved me to do it. But, but you mm. were just talking about that, that you started to see hardware issues and you started to see, you know, little, little, little bugs and things like that. I was starting to see those things as well. And I was starting to hear people talking about the the keyboards, the new keyboards really yeah. sucking. Um, and so, so uh, at, at so I'm going to let you continue to the story, but I just want to interject that like I, I'm, I'm having a little bit of a parallel experience at this moment in time. So go ahead. Totally, to totally, totally. And yeah, I mean like the issues I had, um, if anyone who really cares, the issues I had is A, I'm a two finger typer. So occasionally I bring in three fingers or four fingers, but my pinkies like just like sway everywhere. So I found my pinkies would just hit the touch bar like crazy. Obviously that's a personal problem, but then like I just saw lots of software issues, um, you know, random reboots. It was all over the place. So, you know, I just kind of was like, look, I don't want to give my the maximum for this best laptop ever 
and it's not the best thing I've ever had. So I was just like, I got to support a company. I think that's doing things a little bit crazier. And I f- was starting to see all the stuff going on with Microsoft and what they were working on the surface devices. And I was just like, look, like I'm going to take a risk. I'm at this point where like, I don't, I don't do have to do video editing to make money. I don't have, like, I'm mainly answering emails and things like that. And you know, the, the icons podcast. And I was, you know, down to basically try something new. So I actually, yeah, I was in between, I was in uh, doing a Warner brothers event in uh, New York city. I flew home for like not even 12 hours and then flew out to Orlando to do the show with you. And I literally, my agenda was to <laughs> literally land, repack my suitcase. I drove to the, I drove to meet up with my friend who was buying my MacBook Pro. I gave it to him. Then I literally took that money and drove to the Microsoft store in Chandler <laughs> Fashion Center. Ironic, they'll be back there. And bought a Surface Pro and like the top of the line Surface Pro um, laptop. And th- that's the one that like converts the keyboard detaches and it's, you know, 10 inches or so. And obviously I went from a 15 inch laptop to a 10 inch laptop, which is, oh my God, having that small of a laptop was crazy amazing. <laughs> um, and I went completely Windows and I was terrified. I actually created a spreadsheet of all the apps that I was using on Mac. What would be the Windows com- equivalent? And that was actually the spreadsheet that sold me because I was like, wow, I'm only missing out on like, two apps really um when it came to it and so i made the deep dive back into windows and i've been windows ever since so um to give it an idea of transition um and just to give you an idea of how much i i was willing to give patience with microsoft um this will be my last story i promise um i bought the surface pro in september and i uh i really liked it however i had these weird issues where a i couldn't host event icons because my computer would just start chugging along and sometimes like randomly reboot it was very weird um eventually i diagnosed it because you know seven months later i finally brought in the store i was like look i've been having all these issues where it just randomly reboots sometimes it doesn't have to start things like that and they're like oh yeah definitely shouldn't be doing that um i believe what happened is i had a faulty like a uh, heat sink or fan or something like that wasn't cooling it properly because it used to get really warm too um and I just never bothered to bring it because I was so busy traveling so much. I never brought it in the store. Well, the, I brought it in the Microsoft store. And that was one reason why I also didn't want uh, – I couldn't support Apple anymore was that their service. I bring in like my MacBook Pro. I'm like, I'm having all these issues. They're like, okay, cool. Do you want to buy another one? And I'm like, no, I don't I don't <laughs> want to spend money. Like fix this for me. Give me a new laptop. You know, Do whatever you have to do. Or they'd be like, oh, we'll repair it and we'll be gone for four weeks. So I was like, I can't be without a laptop for four weeks. On the parallel side or the, the opposite side, I should say, I took the, the laptop into the Microsoft store. I said, this is the issues I'm having. They said, yep, it definitely shouldn't be doing it. Like five second diagnosis. They said, let's get you a new one. Like, what? Like, do you want to do that? And I was like, well, at the time, I'm also really interested in the Surface Book 2, which came out right when I bought my Surface Pro. It's a little bit more power, a little bit bigger. Um, you know, I'm really interested in it. I just want to take a look. And they're like, well, how about this? Like, we'll just take the Surface Pro, whatever you paid for it, we'll credit it towards you buying a, a Surface Book 2. Like, not the value of where it was at at that point, the value in which I bought it initially. So literally I took all the money I'd spent on surface pro got to credit towards a surface book and got a brand new laptop. And like, that was honestly the moment I was like, I'm, I'm never, I can't go back to Apple anymore. Like Apple doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> so yeah, now I have a surface book too. And uh, I love it. Big touch screen, uh, use pen on it. Um, it's a huge laptop obviously. So it's kind of big on the surface tray on the, on the airplane tray. But um, when I'm on site and I can bring up a site, uh, plot on a tablet that's 15 inches big 
I think it's worth talking about the form factors there for just a second because you you, you mentioned a couple of different. So you went from a MacBook Pro, yep, uh, which is a traditional laptop with no touch screen but a weird touch bar, mm-hmm. and 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 yes or no maybe uh, hardware issues. <laughs> uh, at the very least, it did, at the very least it didn't work for your workflow. Yeah. Now w- when you say uh, the, I know what you mean when you talk about the Surface Book and the Surface Pro and all those kinds of things, but maybe you could just tell folks uh, what those form factors are. Yeah. So Surface Pro is. Um, um, it's a tablet with a kickstand that has a cloth keyboard um, that attaches the front of it. Um, and uh, let me see if I can try to figure out exactly what size. It's the around thirteen. Is. Yeah. Um, it's got a twelve inch. Yeah. Tw- <laughs> yeah. Tw- twelve thirteen inches. Um, in size. Um, and everything's built into that tablet portion. The keyboard's just a keyboard. Um, so it's obviously top he- heavy weighted. All the ports are on like the tablet of that. Um, the Surface Book is a little different. Um, it has only a headphone jack on the tablet. Um, and all the ports are on the base of the keyboard, but there's also a dedicated graphics card, a dedicated battery in there. However, when you detach it, the the screen tablet is the computer, all the processors, RAM, everything's in there. It just becomes not as big of a dedicated graphics card, not as big of a battery, um, doesn't have a kickstand, but basically that kind of takes the form of a more traditional keyboard. So if you like more traditional keyboard or you need just a little bit more power, Surface Book's good for that. But if you're honestly surfing the web, you know, just taking notes, the Surface Pro is amazing. In fact, I've had a couple times this year where I'm like, man, I kind of wish my sur- I wish I had my Surface Pro <laughs> as a daily driver. Um, I don't know if I need as much power for the Surface Book again. Um, so I'm just kind of waiting for this next couple months because I think all the new Yeah, new Surface Pro really is about to drop. Um, so yeah, easy way to remember. Well, not easy way to remember, but way to <laughs> way to remember is the Surface Pro is more like a tablet with a detachable keyboard and the Surface Book is more like a laptop with a detachable tablet. <laughs> yeah, detachable screen. screen. Yeah, 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 exactly. All, all the beef is in the, is in the uh, lower section and then when you detach it, yeah. Um, whereas with the tablet, all the beef For is sure. in the tablet and you detach the keyboard. I was going to say, I have kind of an aside too with all of this too that like I think made it really exciting for me too. Um, so during this process of going Surface Pro, I realized I was totally fine with Windows. I thought I was hating Windows. And I never bought a desktop computer because Mac desktops weren't like really expensive to get the amount of power I really wanted to have. Um, So in that time period too, I also built my own Windows PC. So I'm actually recording in my home office is done on a Windows desktop PC. And I built probably the most powerful computer you could ever have for half the price of whatever that Mac Pro would have been. Um, and I was really, really happy with that too. So now, yeah, I have two Windows PCs, a desktop. and then So all of this well. that you just uh, talked about was kind of an inspiration then for me, because I was, I, like I said, I was kind of struggling a little bit, you know, the, the, the MacBook Pro was heavy. Um, and, and so w- this is what I kind of alluded to when I broke in before is that I was like, okay, well, you know, yeah, maybe I should start looking around. I'm not doing a video editing, you know, anymore. You know, that's where I kind of started to hone in on the, um, you know, on the MacBook nothing. But the, the, the kind of the funny part of the story is that I, you were like, oh, you know, yeah, I sold it. And I took the money. I was like, oh, that's brilliant. I should just do that. So I was trying to sell my MacBook Pro. And, you know, I had it for like $800 and nothing was, you know, and to be fair, it was at this point, it was pushing three, four years old, um, you know, but it was a $2,500 laptop when I got it. I was like, come on, 800 bucks, it still works great. <laughs> so, uh, and so I was trying and the more articles that I saw about people having problems with the new MacBook Pro, I went, wait a second. And so I literally on my like Craigslist ad upped it to a thousand. And then said, this is the last one with the good keyboard. And like the next day, 
I got people <laughs> like hitting me up, like, like, yes, I'll take it. I'll take no. it. I'll take it. I'll take it. So right. I was actually able to sell, um, that laptop, you know, which at that point, like I said, was three, almost four years old. Um, and, uh, and all my like dongles and all that kind of stuff that went with it, I was able to get $1,200 for for that whole package um to someone who like wow. was willing to not <laughs> you know upgrade upgrade to the latest and greatest because they were have and to be fair like you said you know that new MacBook Pro the one that you pre-ordered probably was actually more expensive than the one that I just got because it added the touch bar and all that kind of stuff and so so they the literally yeah, the same yeah, yeah. specs or you know the modern equivalent of the same specs was going to cost me 3 grand to get at the MacBook Pro and so i yeah. wound up yeah so <laughs> i'm like, like okay you know and so <laughs> for me then the problem that i had been running into um was i couldn't go fully mac i couldn't go fully ipad i did try that for a while um, and I want to go into a little bit mm -hmm. of, of, of some of the reasons for, for why each of those different works in the context of events. I mean, that's obviously why we're here, right? So for me personally, being a production person, we're dealing with PowerPoints all the time, right? You got it. You know, as much as we hate PowerPoint, we're being handed them all the time on a USB stick. Um, you know, okay, we need to combine these two and for whatever reason, PowerPoint on the Mac just never works exactly the same. I won't say wrongly, just it doesn't never works exactly the same as it did on PC. And of course, that's what most of the people in the business world are using, right, is, is Windows PowerPoint. Um, and so, you know, I would have a Mac and I would bring it up and it would work sort of. Um, you know, the links would work sort of, or things would just, you know, move down a line or just not line up exactly right. It never looked exactly the same. Meanwhile, Keynote was just gorgeous, right? So anytime we did stuff in Keynote, so I was in this weird place of like, I need to have Apple because, you know, a lot of people are using Keynote. A lot of people, though, still use PowerPoint. And so I was playing with, well, can I get by with just having an iPad? What I really on it wanted, to be perfectly honest, was what was the Mac equivalent of what you had in 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 the in the uh, Surface uh, Surface Book. I wanted <laughs> I wanted I wanted a MacBook that I could just detach the screen and have an iPad. Well, they don't make that. Um, you know that that would almost almost be my ideal <laughs> uh, you know machine would be a, a MacBook that you can detach the screen and have an iPad. Um, so I needed to have this foot in in the Windows world. Um, and I even tried Chromebook for a while. And so I tried Chrome uh, and it's, it works great with, you know, Google Slides. Um, but the biggest problem that I had with Chromebook is um, you can't do the combining of PowerPoints. So if that's something that you do, um, that's, that's not a good device for you. So one of the intentional things about Chrome is that each one of those tabs is like a separate instance. Um, and they don't intentionally don't share data between tabs very well. So you could open up a PowerPoint in, you know, in this tab, uh, using like, you know, PowerPoint for uh, web or whatever. You could open up a PowerPoint in that tab, but you couldn't easily cut and paste from one to the other. Um, you had to use kind of an arcane like import slides thing. And even then it didn't work very well. Um, and so I, I literally had bought this like top of the line Samsung Chromebook and I loved it. It was so lightweight and it came with a pen and had a touch screen and it was really, really good. 
except for the fact that it didn't do PowerPoint for crap. So it was one of those things that like, oh, I couldn't do that. All right. So my Mac doesn't do it. Okay. The iPad doesn't do it. Great. And so I literally, um, in addition to selling the MacBook Pro, um, I, I sold my iPad as well um, and got this Windows 2-in-1. Um, and so when we talk 2-in-1, we mean it's the kind that can fold all the way over uh, and become kind of a tablet. And so it was this nice HP Spectre um, uh, uh, two-in-one desktop. And that was my, or our laptop. And that was my uh, laptop for a solid year. And, and it was gorgeous. I mean, a, a fantastic screen, also came with a pen, um, but uh, just never, and we could also spend an entire episode talking about my journey on um, uh, handwriting recognition, <laughs> because that's that's a part of it for, for me. I'm a huge <laughs> like handwritten notes guy. And the iPad Pro, when it first came out, was the first device ever that was capable of taking my chicken scratch handwriting and converting it to text in, a, in any way that was meaningfully good. Um, so there was a brief period of time where I was flirting with that. Um, but this HP did it okay. Um, and it gave me a window into that world of, of, hey, it can be a laptop. Hey, it can be a tablet. So I actually worked my way all the way back around to kind of where you started on your journey and came back to a Surface Pro, uh, which is the, lap, the, 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 the tablet that, where the keyboard detaches, the Windows tablet where the keyboard detaches. That has been a fantastic device nice. to the point where my iPad has actually kind of just become my Minecraft iPad because that's where I play with. That's like about all I do with it is play <laughs> Minecraft with my kids on my iPad um, because the handwriting recognition is fantastic. The touchscreen is great. It has some Windows quirks. I'm not going to lie, right? Every device at this point has some quirks, but it's been, it's been really solid. I've really been enjoying that. And so for me, I'm kind of settling down into this two device world where my backpack is still so much lighter than when I was carrying around the MacBook Pro, where I've got the Windows device, you know, in my Surface Pro, um, where if I need to throw some PowerPoints together and things like that, and it's going to look proper, uh, I can do it. But it's also lightweight and, and easy to use. And then I've got that MacBook Nothing. And those two things weigh less than what I was lugging around with my MacBook Pro. Um, and so that I've been very happy. And then I still have the iPad. So from time to time, I'll throw that in the backpack as well. So for me, you know, that that's where things really kind of, and that's where we go back to this idea of really talking about what do you need it for? So I want to take just a moment and try and uh, summarize a little bit of that journey um, because I think it's important. And it goes back to kind of what I said at the offset, which is, you know, it really matters uh, you know, what it is that you're wanting to do with your hardware. And so, you know, for me, I have to deal with PowerPoints all the time, specifically not one at a time where we're trying to combine PowerPoints, you know, into a single master or those kinds of things. You know, if I'm just opening it up to to view it, um, you know, just so that I can follow along or something like that when I'm show calling, the Mac is fine. The Chromebook is fine. The iPad even is fine uh, for those types of purposes. But anytime you're trying to do like, you know, massive copying of slides from one thing to another, that's when you really do kind of need that Windows machine, um, whether that's a Surface Pro, uh, which handles that just fine. Um, uh, and then, you know, your journey of, OK, now I need to be able to do, you know, like live streaming and things like that, you know, where you need maybe a dedicated graphics card. That's when you need to, you know, book up a little bit and go and go to go to something that's more of a Surface Book, uh, a, a, a Surface Book Pro, or just a regular, you know, Windows beefy laptop. You know, I mean, you can get amazing like gaming laptops 
now for, you know, 1500 bucks. Um, uh, you know, so depending on what you need it for, uh, really, that's what it kind of boils down to. But, you know, if you as the event professional out there, if you don't need Windows for some reason because your your world isn't a, an office world uh, where you're working in Microsoft Office uh, or something along those lines, if you're just especially if you're just a sole proprietor or something along those lines, you know a Chromebook is going to be fantastic. You're not having to deal with all the weird bugs and viruses and things like that for you know for updates. Oh, yeah. um, you know, and then the, the, you know, kind of the next step up from that is if you're a Mac person, you know, you know, then, uh, you know, if you can, uh, you can look at seriously at the MacBook nothing or one of the other options as well. So unless you're doing video editing, unless you're doing, you know, constant graphics, you know, intensive applications, any of these low level things is probably going to be just fine for your purposes. You know, I, I always advise not going with the cheapest model. I mean, some of the cheapest, cheapest, cheapest Chromebooks out there um are, are you get what you pay for you know but you're certainly going to be happy with something in the 900 range you know the thousand dollar range somewhere in there um and you know same with the macbooks i mean i i honestly think i got my macbook nothing for like 990 dollars you know and so literally for what i was going to pay for that new macbook pro i got both my MacBook nothing and that HP Spectre, uh, you know, for I got both of them for under the cost of what I was going to pay for that for that MacBook Pro. I love it. I love it. I, I, I think it's always too like one thing I think that taught me too through this whole process is like, yeah, I felt like there was only one solution for so long. But then, you know, willing to go and try and experiment and try different things and seeing your journey made me realize like it's just try hardware. what's just try what, it. Try yeah. different things out. Don't just settle into like, well, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And like you said, there's always a used market. There's always somebody who's willing. Like, I was so surprised. That I was like, someone's not going to buy this MacBook Pro. Like, who buys used laptops? So many people wanted to buy my MacBook off of me and buy it secondary in the market. I just had to post on Facebook really, really quickly. So I think, um, you know, it's definitely one of those things where, you know, try out what you think is good and find what, what works well for you. And also, like, um, you know, it's really funny. I think through this whole Mac versus Windows uh, mentality, you know, I, I give a lot of crap to, to 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 Mac users all the time, mainly just because, like, you know, like I'd, I'm all down with down with the established trends, you know, things like that. But I think it's one of those things where, you know, don't um don't be pressured into that's oh that's the only way to do it because if you like it and you work fast on it, do that. However, if you don't like it get out of it as soon as possible. Um, and I think that goes to show with also just the idea of adopting new, like the newest version of it. I think far too often we end up just staying inside of technology for so long just because it's, that's the way it's been. Oh, well it's, I don't think it'll be that big of a difference, but in reality, you know, sure. go try the newest thing and realize how much quicker it is. And if it makes your process faster, you know, it's, it's exactly it. Workflow is a huge part of it. Um, you know, and so, you know, I tried that Chromebook, on gigs, you know, and I really wanted to love it. I really did, but it didn't work <laughs> for me. But that being said, for the vast majority of people, it's a great place to start. You know, try it, you know, take it out on a gig, you know, see see how it works for you. See if you can live your life in Google Docs and, you know, um, you know, or, or if you, even if you are an office person, you know, there's fully online versions of office um, that are virtually identical to the real, you know, the, the quote unquote real versions of it. Um, so it's really important to try these things. Things. You know, we, we got to break out, you know, this is something that's, you know, it's, it's big in economics is this idea of the sunk cost fallacy, where it's like, well, I guess that's my laptop for the next two years because I bought it. Yeah, but if you hate it, you know, you, you know, just get, you know, get rid of it and try something different. You know, you've already spent the money. 
Um, it, you, you, don't, you don't get the money back, but you, there are options where sometimes you can get some of the money back, you know, whether that's, you know, selling it uh, on the used market um, or, you know, in the instance of my Chromebook, you know, I got it at Best Buy and there's a 90 day return policy. <laughs> so I just brought it back and I bought my, and as long as I bought the next laptop from them, like you said, they didn't care, you know, they were like, oh yeah, cool. We can do that because they knew I was buying a more expensive laptop than what I had originally purchased. So they were smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> Same with your, uh, you know, your Surface Book Pro or your, yeah, Surface Book. Like, Microsoft really needs to work on these naming conventions. Surface, is it Surface Book Pro or Surface Book? <laughs> yeah. And, and the Surface Pro to the Surface Book. I was going to say the same thing as like, also like not only look at your like written um, return policies and that, but like, for example, like I, I just thought I would ask, I would say like, Hey, I'm interested in a surface pro book um, upgrade. And it just took for me to ask. And, you know, there's companies out there that really want to earn your business. And that's also a big portion of the, the decision process. Obviously, like I said, it, it swayed me a hundred percent, but you know, if you're not liking something, go back and change it. Um, you know, uh, if you don't like it immediately, like you'd said, because far too often we end up getting stuck right. into what we do because, oh, that's the only thing we can do. But, you know, you'd be really surprised how often the salespeople, people want to help out. Um, and I, if they aren't willing to help out, you'd also be surprised how often if you tell them, I own the company, I need my laptop to do work, you know, how often they're willing to flex to be like, right. okay, this person's not just like trying to pull a fast one. They really legitimately want, want this. And yeah, they want to keep you as a customer. So I want to spend a moment before we kind of move into mobile world, uh, <laughs> um, uh, just talking a little bit about these form factors. And so, you know, whether it's laptop versus two-in-one versus tablet, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that again is probably worth experimenting with. Uh, what works for you? How much do you travel? I, you know, you and I, we travel all the flipping time. And so for me, going much more lightweight was I was all about it. I was like, you know, as soon as I started, you know, going down to 13 inch laptops from 15 inch and 17 inch laptops, it was like my back was just like, oh, thank you. Thank you so much, you know, from not having to carry, you know, my, my, my MacBook Pro and an iPad and all the dongles and all the stuff that goes along with it. So I think there really is something to be said for being aware of your of of, you know, how much you travel, how much are you literally how much are you actually going to be lugging these things around? You know, and that I think that also factors into desktop versus laptop. You know, can I get away with just having a laptop? Now, you said you built mm -hmm. your own, you know, fully massive, you know, beastie, you know, PC that you could <laughs> possibly build. But you're doing stuff you, for anybody that doesn't know. Will literally has a production studio in his apartment. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's it's absolutely off the chain. Awesome. Um, and, and, you know, with the lights and the video cameras and all that kind of stuff, all feeding into this like you know, LED lit up beastly, you know, desktop PC. Uh, it's not even desktop. It's a floor top. Let's be honest. Um, and, and, uh, you know, and so if you, again, once, if you need that, then great, that's an option for you. And, you know, for me personally, I've been able to get by with just docking my laptop. So, you know, from day one, you know, in the beginning, it was a cost, cost savings thing. It's like, well, I'll just buy the really big Mac pro, and that'll be my desktop and my travel. 
Um, and it's so, you know, for the last, you know, five plus years, I've been able to just, you know, plug in, you know, using a dock or something like that, my laptop. And then that's also my travel laptop. Um, so depending again on what you're doing, you know, you might not need a desktop and a laptop and an iPad and, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, uh, whereas, you know, so, so you've got a desktop, but I'm certainly able to just get it. And, you know, we're doing, we're podcasting, recording and all the kind of stuff that we're doing, um, perfectly happy happily on on that laptop yeah i definitely agree 100 percent. is that like you know you'd be really surprised what you can kind of pull off on there and i'm even like you know i think in the next year um it's gonna be really interesting to see where i go on the computer world because like i said i'm, I'm interested in that surface pro form factor um i am always debating the idea of maybe i need to go to some sort of device that is smaller that i only use for email and you know i start giving up uh, responsibilities for things like video editing and graphic design and things like that that's always the question but like even my desktop side of things I'm now um, one of the reasons why I built a desktop PC on my own is right. I want to do virtual reality. And that's really you have to build a PC to be able to do that. And, um, you know, with my studio now being crowded with lights and, you know, all these set pieces and things like that. Um, I'm looking at, okay, I moved my VR setup into my living room and now I move my computer back and forth whenever I want to play VR. So I'm looking <laughs> at, okay, maybe I need to build a second PC for just the office. And honestly, one of the things I'm debating right now is like the almost the same price for me to build out a pretty uh, a size of computer I want and the graphics card I want is almost the same price for me to buy the Surface Studio, oh, which is yeah. the cool like lay down one where it's like almost like an easel and things like that. Um, and that and that, that that's something I'm playing around with a lot. Um, will I do it? I don't know, but um, you know, I'm I'm playing around with the idea of just that that you know when I have the ability to use the pen, I realize I end up using it really well to explain things on site. Uh, shows and things like that um, and that's one reason why I love the form factor of the the tablet and the the PC like the Surface Pro is just the ability to draw on screen is game changing you know and I'll be honest is I love my iPad like I said though I've been using it less and less because there's something to be said for having a fully functional Windows you know, PC in my tablet you know one of the nice things that Microsoft learned early on sometimes to its detriment was that you know you just want Windows to be Windows and so, you know, that's why kind of Windows 8 was kind of a mess because, you know, they were trying to push things too quickly to mobile and, oh, we want it touch friendly first. And so the big goofy icons and things like that, while still underneath the hood, it was a desktop operating system. But, you know, I've been really liking how, you know, when I need it to be, that's a tablet. And when I need it to be, it's also everything, you know, that Windows can provide. One of the things that's a little frustrating sometimes is the split between macOS and iOS that, you know, there's just, you know, oh, man, if I was just back on my laptop, I'd be able to do this. Why can't I do this on my iPad? Right. Versus, you know, oh, you know, I, you know, why you know, the other way around? Like, I just wish I would, could yeah. just detach the screen of my you know laptop and have it be an iPad. And so that that's even though those those two operating systems are getting closer and closer and closer. Windows launched full on into we're going to have our mobile operating system be the same as our desktop operating system, you know, and just tweak it depending on whether you're in tablet mode, you know, versus, you know, uh, desktop mode. And so I think there's definitely something to be said for that and why I'm kind of starting to move away from iPad land is like, I just want to, I want to, I want a device that does everything that I want it to do when I want it to do it. Totally. Well, I think that's a great yeah. parallel um, transition into phones um, and the conversation about our phones because they're separate devices and yeah, we want them to do more and more. Um, so um, we are both currently Android users. Um, however, 
weren't oh yeah have you ever had an iphone i have never had an iphone but i have oh, had the ipad had, for a okay. very long time so okay I'm, I think I've talked about this before. I Most people are surprised by this. I had an iPhone. I had the first iPhone. I thought it was a game-changing device. But when the OG Droid <laughs> came out, um, that the flip-out keyboard, the ability to multitask, that changed it for me. Um, and I haven't had th- this new iPhone 11 Pro. Seeing the camera and seeing its power is really exciting. But um, there is a device that is more exciting. I'm sure that we'll talk about this mm-hmm. as well. Um, but um, both Android users. Um, and so I'm curious to know what you're using now, why you picked it. Um, and then maybe we can talk about what we'll use well, much next, like you. Toys. I'm going to, I'm going to go back in time a little bit and, and, and work my way up through, uh, up through my progression, because I think that explains how I landed where I landed. So, you know, when, when cell phones first came out, right, you know, they were the original like bricks, you know, and, and incredibly expensive, but as soon as they moved down into something that more, you know, more everyone could have, you know, they could actually, you know, the flip phones that you could actually fit in your pocket, the candy bar phones, all of those, you know, old school, you know, OG cell phones. Um, you know, I was really into Motorola very early on. And the thing that really appealed to me is all of the aftermarket stuff you could do. So you could get the phone, but you could completely like, you know, go on the internet, which was still pretty new at that point too, and immediately buy a new, you know, a new like soft rubbery case for it and all that kind of stuff very early on compared to a lot of the other phone manufacturers where you just buy the game. I was also very early into the idea of like, you know, what's now called like jailbreaking or rooting your phone. Um, So I was totally doing things where like (laughs) I was being able to download and play games on my old flip, you know, Motorola flip phone before you were supposed to be able to do that. And so, you know, oh, cool. You know, I could just plug this in and then, you know, you know, jack this up and then I could download this, you know, bejeweled game or whatever uh, long before you could actually, you know, do that legitimately. (laughs) So I was definitely coming up through the, you know, kind of hacker side of things of like, make it your own, make it all yours, do what you want to do with it. And so, No doubt when the original iPhone came out, it was absolutely a game changer. But what what really frustrated me when I was looking at them, you know, comparing them and being like, was how locked down it was. It was like, you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this and you can't do this. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to be able to do this. Well, you can't. Well, I want to be able to do this. Well, you can't. And so like immediately it was all about what I couldn't do as opposed to what I could do for me. Um, And so I... <clears throat> went, uh, I, I went to the really dark side, uh, uh, right towards the end of my old, um, you know, old, uh, you know, uh, dumb phone working my way into smartphone is everyone in my company was going Blackberry. And so, you know, the, everybody was using Blackberry messenger and everybody was using Blackberry. And so it was really a company wide thing, um, that, Hey, if you're going to get a new phone, make sure you get a Blackberry. Well, they came out with the BlackBerry Storm, which is one of the most maligned cell phones of all time. Like it's really people really hated this thing because what they tried to do was take the uh, the touch screen of the iPad, but they loved the clicking of, you know, the clicking of the old uh, BlackBerry keyboard. And so it literally clicked. So that physically clicked as you touched uh, the things and people hated it. I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it. And so uh, I came up uh, continuing now with this idea that you could download and change things. And if you didn't like that, you fix that. And if you like that, you know, change that because the BlackBerry was also very customizable. And so for me, it was a much more natural route into Android 
being able to go through, change my settings. You don't like white, great, change it black. You don't like this, change it to this. You don't like that, change. And if you and if none of that works, you could still go down the road of like rooting and roming and really changing all the things you did. So that's kind of where where I came up through on the uh, on the uh, cell phone side, um, uh, and so for me it was just more about customizability, customiz customization, customization, and and the ability to really make my phone my own. Yeah, man, that was for me in the beginning too. Is just like the customization, but now to be honest, like I use stock Android, and you know, like I don't really change that much about my phone. I used to like a Nova Launcher and all these crazy things, but for me, it's just uh, you know, like I've really just enjoyed the experience, and now I'm really heavily in the Google ecosystem. So I think that's uh, one reason why I've kind of stuck with it. And honestly, I've really um, I've had the I went from I mean, this is my phone history: flip phone, iPhone uh og droid which is the first uh android phone other than the lg one that came out under t-mobile um i went to the droid bionic which was promising something really cool which is the idea of putting your phone into a screen and keyboard and turns into a laptop <laughs> i was so excited about that but we'll talk about that a little bit uh later um and uh, especially about the future <laughs> phones i think i don't know brand even knows what phone i'm getting very very soon oh um but i think he has an idea now that i've said that um and so so um um, and then I went to, um, so I went to Droid Bonic. Then I went to, I think the Samsung <laughs> S six or something like that, whatever it was at that time. Then, in, then the note, um, and then I was, I got the note before the note that exploded. I wanted the note that exploded, then it exploded. So I didn't get it. Um, and I think that's when, I think that's when I switched from the note is to the OG pixel, the first pixel, pixel one, got the pixel two the day. And I think I got. OG Pixel, the day it came out, the Pixel 2, the day it came out, Pixel 3, the day it came out. I actually went from P Pixel XL for the first two. Now I'm to the normal Pixel because I like the smaller phone. But um, we'll definitely talk about what phone. I think it's going to be a really controversial conversation that you and I are going to have about what phone I'm about to get next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a, uh, I had, so I had the Motorola. Droid. Well. It was the <laughs> Droid. Um, yeah, Droid. Um, and, and it was a fantastic phone, by the way. And, and I remember... Um, when that one was starting to die and I'm looking at my next phone, cause it was, it was, I was like, oh boy, these new phones, they're <laughs> so big. Um, you know, and I literally like got out a tape measure and like measured the three and a half inch screen that was on my droid and looked at the four inch screen on the Samsung Galaxy S3. I was like, oh boy, is that going to be too big? That's just, that's just ridiculously big the four inch screen that's on the sand. Um, and so I, I remember just doing that and being like, it's, you know, and so now we're talking about six inch phones and seven inch phones. It's ri absolutely ridiculous. But I did, I did just want to say, by the way, the, I still have a Samsung galaxy S three that is working perfectly. It is, I, it is still getting updates thanks to the online. That's the other thing that I love about the Android community is that, that there are people that are willing to put in the work and time and effort to keep these old phones running, even though the manufacturers aren't and the, and the carriers aren't. They're just hobbyists. And, and honestly, every time I fire it up, because I've, I've used it for a couple of my kids now, like as this baby's first cell phone, um, it's, it's a comfortable, it's a great phone. It's a great phone. The S3 is like of great size with a great screen. And it's like, it, it's, it's a little frustrating to me, to be perfectly honest, how fast the update cycle has gotten <laughs> that, you know, it, it's like, it's like, this is still a really good phone. 
and you know the the lengths and the efforts that people are going to to make sure that it's still running the most recent version of Android, you know, that has you know, all the security patches and things like that. It's a Herculean effort to to do, and it really shouldn't be that way. So, so sorry to get on for the sure. soapbox there for a second, but it, it just kind of crossed my mind. It's like, this is still a really, I'm literally holding it in my hand right now. And it's like, it's a gorgeous screen with a, an amazing, you know, like the plastic is barely starting to fleck in a couple of places. It had a, re, a removable battery. So like when you ran out of battery, you could just swap out <laughs> and add a new one. You know, uh, you know, all of this stuff that you just can't do anymore. It's like, wow, that's this was a really good device. Um, it had wireless charging, you know, so you could do the the mat charging. And, you know, and so here we are now. It's the S, you know, 10. And it's got, you know, none of that. <laughs> Basically, you can't swap out the battery. So I, I do get a little frustrated sometimes with how, how quick the upgraded cycle has gotten. Totally. I mean, like, there's new stuff coming all over. And for a while, we didn't see any innovation. Now, we're luckily, we're seeing some crazy innovation starting to happen. Um, but it was definitely for a while. Nothing really changed. And honestly, I had to, I almost debated getting the Pixel 3 because I felt like it wasn't just just barely wasn't good like a big enough change but i ended up saying like you know i want obviously i just i always want the newest greatest thing um and honestly i almost thought to myself too like what am i even going to get the pixel 4 um when it comes out um and but uh that will save for the next phone conversation that we talk about in just quite quite a little bit but yeah it is crazy sure. how fast phones have been changing yeah recently yeah, before you 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 uh, offend me <laughs> with wherever it is that you're going, we should probably talk about the, the like we did with the with the laptops, the pros oh, and cons sure. of each of the, for sure, uh, you know each of the platforms. Um, you know, so for me, Android means versatility. It means uh, customization. It means being able to really make this phone my own. That you know, every time I bump into a man, I wish it did this. All I have to do is do a Google search on. How do I make Android phone do this? And there's 50 different ways to do it, or there's an app that you can download to do it, or worst case scenario, like in the early days, like I said, you would have to root your phone and, you know, basically hack it in order to do that. But, you know, more and more and more, I haven't had to do that in a really long time. I haven't had a, to root my phone in probably yep, three plus over, over that, you know, years where it just, it, I'm able to just do the customization that I want it to do. Um, now iOS has gotten better. It's gotten way better. You know, do, you know, it used to be so locked down. And if you wanted to do that, tough. You know, nope. you wanted a new keyboard? Nope. You know, you wanted to use this, you know, this, there's only the one camera app. There's only the one keyboard. There's only the one uh, browser. Um, you know, there's only the one, you know, of all of that. There's still a lot of that there. But there's benefits to that as well, right? You know, I mean, the benefits of iOS are that it's locked down, are the the fact that it's 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 uh, you know it's a closed ecosystem and it's not open to everything. You know, yeah, there's totally. benefits to that as well. And um, I mean, my pros for for Android um, before I think that we uh, get into uh, main pros of iOS too a little bit more um, for me. It, the pro for why I have Android is because it's not Apple. <laughs> um, but for me, um, honestly, um, I find that uh, it syncs to all my, like I'm heavy Gmail, heavy Google calendar. Like I don't have to worry about like having an extra, 
email app, extra calendar app I'm not using, and I have no other Apple products. So I have zero ecosystem to be latched onto. I don't care about iMessage at all. The only reason I care about iMessage is when I'm on a thread with iMessage people and they all start hearting messages and it says, this person loved this message. This person laughed at this message. Right. I'm like, dang it, guys, don't you realize I have a green bubble? Um, so, um, you know, um, I do definitely think like the, I think their devices overall are the best devices for sure. Like you just know you're gonna, it's going to be fine. You know you're going to have a good enough camera. There's no, there's not a lot of like necessarily comp, pure compromises on it. Um, and yeah, iMessage is pretty awesome. Honestly, the number one thing downgrade, I think on Android that I run into all the time is I want to be able to text from my computer. And obviously there's, for those who don't have, who know, have Android and use Android Message mm. as a default app, you can log into a web version of it um, to message and you text from your phone. But you have to be on the same Wi-Fi or you have to both be on the network and also you have to like scan a QR code. So a lot of times it logs out for some reason or it loses remembrance that I was trying to text from my computer and I have to go find my computer. But the reason why I'm texting from my computer is because I don't want to use my phone. So like I have to take it off the charger, bring it over the computer, put it back on the <laughs> charger. Um, and that's so annoying. And honestly, like if I could have iMessage for Android, like game changing for sure. So I'm just waiting for the some sort of easy app that stays logged in that allows me a text. Um, and luckily, I think What's interesting is that, and again, props to Microsoft for this, is that they're figuring out ways to integrate with Android and kind of be this agnostic player. I think you can also do this on, uh, P yep. on Macs too, but if you have an Android phone, they have this app called Your Phone. And literally, it does what iMessage does. It allows you to text from your computer. Um, I don't, it doesn't obviously use Wi-Fi. You still have to have your phone be able to text and your phone still has to be connected. But um, I think that we're getting this age where you know, some, someone's going to figure out a way to make it so we can do this. And I think there's big strides being made in RCS, which is um, real communication standard or something like that. We'll link it down below, which is Android's desire to make a uniform, like a iMessage that goes across iOS, Android all together. Um, I love it. Um, so I think there's a lot of really interesting things happening for sure when it comes to everything. Um, but for me, also, I just find that like I'm also so early in the ad early adopters queue. I'm just really teasing out this phone I'm going to get. And I'm just going to make you be so interested. I'm so early in the early adopters queue that um, I think that that's one reason I like Android too, is that I'm going to get something crazy bleeding edge that is going to take a while to be perfected. It's not going to be perfect, but I can say, wow, look at this. Like the whole idea of having like my assistant voice activated for my phone was first on Google. Um, the night shot mode, the nighttime visibility is finally coming to iOS, but that was first on Android. And I just love having those like newest, hottest, craziest, coolest things. Um, and I think that's one reason why I love it for sure. Totally agree. And I think just to summarize this section, you know, much like we did with the uh, with the laptops. So if you want customizable and bleeding edge and amazing new features on a regular basis and, you know, this kind of like Wild West stuff, then you're going to lean more towards Android if you just want it to work and you're OK with not having the latest and greatest and you just want it to work. You know, that's more Apple land. And and occasionally, you know, yes, they do have, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that they don't have features that Android doesn't um, because they do. The Animoji stuff on, on yeah. Apple is, is really, really cool, you know, and, but that's, you know, that's not like hardcore got to have it for work stuff. Um, that's just a nice perk, you know, when you want to, you know, text your younger relatives or things like that, you know, and, and oh, by the way, the, the Samsung version <laughs> of that is awful. If you have a beard, it's just absolutely awful because it like smooth skins <laughs> over the beard. Anyway, um, 
the the you know so so I think that's the kind of the easiest way to break it down is once again easy to use not very customizable. You go more iOS and iPhone. Um, if you really like kind of nuts and bolts and being on the bleeding edge and living out on the, uh, you know, on the wild west a little bit, then you're going to lean more towards Android yes. and also cheap, right? You know, you know, there, that's a factor as well is that sometimes you just need what's the cheapest phone. Um, you know, it's, it, man, you know, it's, it's funny that the you know the the lower end iPhone 11 is what six ninety nine I want to say, uh, you know that they just announced and they're still selling the you know, the other one for like, I want to say the uh, the eight uh, or the XR uh, for five ninety nine. So if you want to get in on the newest Apple, you're five ninety nine six ninety nine. Otherwise, you're upwards of a thousand bucks. And so you know, whereas on the other hand, you know, if you want to get in on the latest uh, you know low end. Uh, you know, Androids, you're, you know, a couple hundred bucks, um, you know, to a certain extent, buyer beware, you get what you pay for uh, in all of in all of those things, um, you know, but I've been very happy with the Pixel uh, uh, 3A, uh, which I got on sale, I think for $299 nice. at the time, uh, which is an, is an amazing phone um, and, and has a headphone jack. I'm not going to say, I'm just saying, uh, I don't don't really miss my headphone jack only once or twice. Yeah. Except for the other day when you were like, Hey, I forgot my dongle. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. This is my pleasure. All right. So we've teased it enough. I think so. That's kind of the summary on phones is, is once again, Apple is this nice, you know, happy little ecosystem that you're giving up some customization. You're giving up a little of the Wild West, um, uh, you know, but, you know, if you want to live out on the edge, you can join us in the Android land. Um, all right. So you've teased it enough. What what are you looking at for your new phone? Okay. So, I mean, like, obviously, like I've been on Pixel land for like the last three phones in, in a row. Um, I've been really happy with it. Um, but I actually want to see based on all the teases I've given if you can guess what phone I really want to get. I, I'm not feeling Apple because you don't have enough of the ecosystem. So I'm going to go out and say OnePlus. Oh, interesting. Okay. Or Huawei. Or Huawei. Okay, interesting. <laughs> you can yeah, I, I, I will say I don't think I'm ready uh, based on all the stuff going on if I'm ready to have a Huawei phone. Also, I don't think any of my carriers support any of the Huawei phones. Um, so that's uh, that's really interesting. So They do. You just have to like smuggle them in in a kit. <laughs> <laughs> they're supposed to be amazing. They're, like the, that's the that's the really crappy thing is that it's it's they're yeah, supposed they're, to be absolutely yeah, they, amazing they, devices. But uh, no, yeah. um, so you're wrong on both counts, um, and I think that this might actually be a crazy surprise. And so I really want this device. Um, I honestly p- might have had it in my hand right now. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, you can, oh. yeah, can I can I can I guess again? Is it that like super light phone where like it doesn't? Do oh anything? my god! <laughs> What's it called? The yeah the uh, the. Um, or it's got a name of like an old device too, so everyone's like confused by it. Um, no, um, I, I, I definitely okay, empower user, right, early right, adopter right. queue. Um, I'm so surprised. I dropped so many hints on it. Anyone out there, if you're listening right now, like feel free to drop in the comments and tweet me and let me know if you guess this before uh, I say it. So like pause now, tweet me and let me know what you think it's going to be before I tell you guys. Um, but I honestly, I was going to just do Pixel 4 again, just because I was uh, down for it. And obviously that announcement hasn't happened at time of us recording this now. But um, maybe it might sway me if it doesn't happen. But the issue is, the reason why it's not in my hand right now is that um, it got delayed. Um, <laughs> and dropping mm, more hints, okay. um, if you haven't quite figured it out yet. Is it um, the Fold? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, I really, I really want to get the Fold. Um, oh, and so, wow. Okay. All right. So, all right. So it's been delayed. They obviously had issues. And then this week, they re-released it in South Korea and UK. Um, that might be dating when we're recording this episode. But at the time, they haven't announced the U.S. 
dates, but the phones have been selling out like crazy. <laughs> and I originally like was like, okay, I'm really interested in this device. There's, I'll, I'm gonna wait till the reviews come out. But all the reviews are like, look, they fixed all the issues. We don't know long term what's gonna look like, and that is a risk I'm taking as an early adopter to to take on this device. But the Fold is a phone that goes from this like more candy bar style and folds open into a tablet. I'm using a foldable LED screen, uh, OLED screen. And so if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. It's super duper cool. There's always folding devices that are coming together. And that's one reason why I'm interested in this device is it's so bleeding edge. And I want to try this crazy form factor. And like I said, like obviously I've been craving for something that transforms for a while for the Droid Bionic into a laptop. This turns a phone into a, into a tablet. Um, I originally actually really liked the Huawei version more, the Mate X. However, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to come to the U.S. Yeah. and won't ever be able to use it on a carrier. And no. also, I think it hasn't been announced when it's coming out yet, too. So I'm willing, again, I love supporting companies that are doing good things and putting my dollars where support is. I want to support Samsung for taking a leap and doing it. I know the second version is going to be better. I know I'm probably going to regret once I buy it, the version that's going to come out is going to be better. But um, <laughs> And I am willing to risk that there might be issues with like dust and water getting into it or breaking. However, um, I've backed smaller companies for crazier ideas. And, you know, the, that's obviously had some issues. But I've noticed whenever I back a company doing a crazy idea and it's a big company, they always, always reward you by having your back. If the device fails... They will take it back. They will fix it. And uh, they actually, right. I think, as part of buying it, you get this Care Plus thing for a year. If there's any issues at all, they'll just replace it for free. No questions asked. Um, and so that's what I'm really interested in doing. So, like, I'm I'm literally – I will probably do it right when we finish recording this. I will Google search and see if the U.S. Uh, launch dates happen because literally they haven't announced it. And I'm literally, like, clawing to get this pre-order to give it a try. <laughs> and I, I hope that I get it. And, well, obviously, we'll see if we I end up actually getting it. And I'll probably maybe have a conversation about it and talk about it a little bit more. But I'm excited to see what it might do for my workflow because now I can take my phone, fold it out. Maybe I keep a little small keyboard with me and now I can answer emails really quick and it might replace more of my laptop um, on there as well. So we'll see, but I'm... I can't wait to find <laughs> out, dude. I, 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 I'm so happy that you're doing it so that I don't have to. It's, it's, it's one of the... No, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, and I'll be honest with you, like when the first iPad came out, I was like, meh. But, but as soon as the iPad 2 came out, I was like, mm. oh... Oh, I want. Oh, I want. <laughs> you know, that's something that Apple's always been really good at is like just, you know, charging out and refining things and making it, you know, making it cleaner. Like, I don't know that they would ever come out yeah. with something like this, but I know Microsoft mm -hmm, is talking mm -hmm. about it, you know, you know. And so, you know, Microsoft wasn't the first person to come out with a tablet uh, where you could detach the, the keyboard totally, and all that kind totally. of stuff either. Neither was Apple. And so, you know, yeah, the, I, I like this idea. Um, I want to say it was one of the Battlestar galactica spinoffs they had this like like folding paper you know where like the kid like like unfolded a paper uh you know almost like origami and then that was the like screen. the the uh, the tablet screen and then, like i love yeah. that idea and you know you know in, in our conversations i've always been a huge uh proponent of display technology and and where where that's going and the ability i just have this envision that we could just slap on Definitely. display wherever we want it you know and so that's and that's it's, it's stuff like this yeah it's stuff like this that is pushing that forward you know these mm -hmm. bendable displays these foldable displays that's what's pushing that technology mm -hmm. forward you know just like it was the old led screens of phones that pushed forward the OLED screens of, you know, televisions and things like that. You know, we, we start with these small things. And so kudos to you for backing <laughs> new technology. Um, 
one that's uh, one that I don't have to, and yet can still reap all of the benefits from. <laughs> totally, totally. And I think, um, you know, I, I that's why I want to I give it a try. Is like, you know, I'm all about using that bling tech. I mean, the bionic bionic was a horrid phone. It was slow. It had a lot of issues. <laughs> but now look at it. Now look at all the Galaxy devices that literally you can hook it into a computer or into a device, and you can use it as a computer. And that's where I'm also excited about the full talk about transformative is that literally all you need is a mm -hmm. one little single cable and you can turn up any monitor, any computer and use it as, um, as a computer, which is, is super duper cool. Um, and again, just like, you know, that's the future we're going to have. I think it, eventually is it's you're, you're talking about one device. you can't get down to one computer. Imagine if we got down to one right. device as your phone, your computer, everything together at, as one. Yeah, I think we'll get there at some point. We're going way off the deep end on this one, but you know, I think it'll be the slab in your pocket that then you just swipe it, and now it's the you know, and now it's your desktop. Like it's you know, it's all it's all just living in the cloud, and you're just swiping. Literally, you're swiping what you're mm -hmm. doing from one device to another, and so it's not so much you know, it's not living mm -hmm. on the device, you know, because you know the increased speeds and things like that. It's like okay, now I want it <laughs> over here. Now I yep. want it over here. Now I want it in my pocket, you know, <laughs> you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, and so I think, I think that's definitely where we're headed, but that is a, that is the discussion for another yep, day, yep. my friend. Um, all right. Anything else we need to, to rack, you know, round out in this hardware discussion? I think we hit most of the high points. Yeah, I think, I think, I think we're all good. I think this is definitely more like a personal conversation to get people kind of thinking, but I mean, a lot of times too, I mean, if you aren't really thinking about these sort of things, if you are employing some sort of technology for your events, I mean, to bring kind of full circle is think about like, this is the same kind of conversation people are having about their platforms and where do you want to have it hosted on is an Android ad, is iOS app, where you have it on Windows, you know, all these things like that. Um, and also just think about this too, from your personal workflow side, um, you know, everybody um, has a different opinion of how they're going to do it. Um, find what works best for you and, you know, die hard, live it, live it till you die. I mean, that's one reason why I'm willing to put money up for such an expensive <laughs> phone. I'm, I want to try something new. Well, and and honestly, that's why I wanted to have this conversation is I knew that we both kind of had personal journeys on this, but you know, there it's the, it's worth talking about that the, the fact that, you know, it's uh, it really is all about your workflow and what works for you, you know, and I just kind of wanted to share a little bit about how we landed on the things that we landed and why. And, you know, I think we also hit a lot of the high points of like, okay, these are the overall, this is why we do this. But I think if, if, if folks could walk away with one thing from this episode, for me, it would be, don't be afraid to try stuff. You know, it's, it's, I get it, you know, things are expensive and we don't want to, you know, just waste our money. But at the same time, you don't want to be stuck in the same old workflow. Um, you know, don't be afraid to try stuff and see, oh my goodness, this works so much better. And if you're just, you know, wanting to get into some kind of new technology, you know, uh, you know, don't be afraid to look at Chrome. You know, if, you know, think about what you're doing, 90, 90, 9% of what I do is in Chrome. If it wasn't for that 1% of having to deal with PowerPoints, I probably could get by with a Chromebook and be perfectly happy with that Chromebook that I had from Samsung. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, I would be, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that I really enjoy having a fully customizable phone, I could probably be perfectly happy with an iPhone. And Every year, I'll be honest with you, every year I get tempted by it. You know, the Apple distortion field gets rolling and it's like, oh, it's the latest iPhone ever. We've put it into a blank white room and it looks amazing, you know. And so, and, you know, it gets rolling and I feel like it's, you know, so for me, that's kind of why I wanted to have this episode and to just talk about how making sure that it's really 
important that you're willing to take risks on your workflow, which I know sounds like a really hard thing totally, to do. Totally. I love it. All right, man. Let's close. You know, it let's out. fold this episode up. We'll fold it up, as it were, and just put it in our back pocket. <laughs> we want to thank all of you out there uh, for listening. You know what? I was going through, I was looking at the iTunes reviews. We need some more recent reviews. So please take a moment, you know, take the 30 seconds to rate us, whether that's three stars, four stars, five stars. Certainly hope it's in the four or five star range. If it's not, reach out. Tell us what we can be doing better. Event Tech Podcast at helloendless.com or use the hashtag event tech podcast really do like literally one of the comments on there was wish you guys would do more q a okay let's do more q a yes. tell us what you want to know tell give us the q we'll give you the a give us the a we'll give you the q you know so let's you know love it love it love it please please do reach out to us we want to know what you're into what you want to know more about and we're more than happy to tailor this content for you. Uh, you can find out more, of course, at eventtechpodcast.com. Uh, there you're going to find all the show notes, the links to all the resources, shares, the transcripts. Um, amazing, amazing stuff being done on all the podcast platforms. It's been kind of fun to watch like Pocket Casts and Google, uh, uh, Google Podcasts and, and iTunes start to transform over the course of the time that we've been doing it. So whatever your favorite podcast app, please be sure to subscribe to us there so that we can be beamed into your house on a weekly basis. Um, and that's all I've got to say. Will, thanks so much for joining me. Really appreciate it, man. Thanks for always uh, having the awesome conversation and letting me share my vulnerability about buying a really fragile phone. Oh, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. I just got to throw this in here at the end. You talked about your first computer. Um, <laughs> my first computer was a, this, this is so old school that I just got to get it out there. And the old, the oldsters about us will, will know what it is. Um, the youngsters amongst you uh, will not. Uh, it was the Timex Sinclair TS-1000 was the first computer that I had. And it had a whopping 2K of RAM. But don't worry. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. You could buy the optional 16K module to really get that sucker humming. So that was that was where I did. By the way, one of the cool things, I'll just throw this out there real quick. It, I'd forgotten that it was it was ninety nine dollars. Wow. I mean, you want to talk about like like uh, that that was a full on PC. Wow. In nineteen seven. <laughs> Um, that was available for under $100. And it feels like we've been chasing that under $100 PC wow. ever since. So Timex Sinclair 1000, all y'all out there uh, feeling old, uh, join me there with the 16K upgrade. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast. Event Tech. Event Tech. Wiki, wiki, wiki. Explosion sounds.